0: And we're live. Um, first off, welcome in uh, to another episode of College Ball Uncensored. We're back um, and better than ever. Um, we are doing two episodes a week again, which is nice. Um, for I don't know, at least our producer um, keeps him busy, which is which is great. We are joined by a special guest co-host, um, a good buddy of mine and uh, a rival fan, but also. Um, has his own podcast with lockdown SEC Chris Gordy how the hell
1: are you dude what's up marlar yeah look I I I say it straight up I went to LSU but you'll never hear me be a home like I I love I'm a homer to the SEC first like right I can w- when they play a game I'll root for them sure but like if Bama wins I can very quickly turn around and say that was an awesome Alabama win how great were they you know so yeah I- I'm SEC Homer first. Now, don't bring some Big Ten crap in here because I'll Ever. talk trash. You team. know I wouldn't. Hey.
0: <laughs> um, actually, you say that, and I, I keep forgetting that we are trying to move to more of a national <laughs> thing. Like on the podcast, no, but I, I, I do. I do agree with you. I will say, uh, no one on Twitter believes that out of me. But that is the case. I am. I am not. Um, I try not to be a homer as much as possible. So we got. A, we got a pretty big week. It's, it's mostly college basketball. I know the name of the podcast. Is obviously, College All well Uncensored. Um, and also, welcome in everybody. Um, and the views we have. I'll just ru- give you the rundown of what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit. Of, we're going to do like a spring. I'm going to call it a reach around, um, just because it's uncomfortable for everyone to hear. Um, like a whip around, which also sounds weird. It also sounds weird. Uh, but everybody no, we're going everybody some- whip
1: theirs out. Let's go. We're gonna sit here. <laughs> just
0: smash that like button. Whip it out. Smash that like button. Uh, no, I, I think we we're gonna talk a little college football. Obviously, um, Georgia had pro day today. We're gonna talk about that. The Jalen Carter news that came out um, that he is I just probably not gonna get drafted from what I'm hearing. He's probably gonna go undrafted, um, which is the dumbest storyline. It's not a real storyline, obviously. We're gonna talk a little bit about Mizzou. Not enough to drive everyone away. I promise. Uh, we have an awesome, awesome at 9 o'clock. Even if you're not watching now, go get yourself a snack. Go get yourself a beer. Um, go get yourself one of these Alani's that have like 3,000 grams of caffeine in them, and I'm drinking them way too late. But we're going to talk with a good buddy of ours, Mike Calabrese, um, just one of the most Italian names I've ever heard.
1: He's like Yeah. cheese.
0: Yeah. He's, he's, so he's, he's like a betting guru. Um, and... He is going to, he works for Action Network. He does a great job. He's done, he's done a lot of stuff with us as well. Um, and he's going to help us fill out a bracket. He's going to help us with the best bets for tomorrow, put some money in our pocket, make some money, um, uh, all, all this weekend. So as March Madness kicks off, who just right off the bat, what's the biggest news I you think you've, you've been seeing over the past week? Cause we talked about Anthony Richardson, his numbers kind of coming down, um, in a good way for him where he, he could potentially be the, uh, the number one overall pick.
1: Yeah, I, don't know. Jeez, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's been that conversation. Like, here's the funny thing. If you've ever watched the awful, awful, horrifically awful movie called Draft Day starring Kevin Costner. That was that, a good movie. That movie's the worst film ever made because it's you've not You've really never
0: seen any of those weird claymation movies at Christmas time.
1: And, and, like, one of the biggest problems I have with the movie is he's a GM who gives a huge hole to move up to the number one pick and then goes, all right, I don't know who we're going to take. <laughs> and that's kind of what the Carolina Panthers have done here. Like, they gave up this whole haul to go up to number one. Right. And turn around and went, all right, now who do we like? Like, no, that's not how this works. You don't turn no. up the and then go, all right, now let's start looking at Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. But it is funny that, like, yeah, three of the guys from the SEC are all – thought like, any one of those three could go number one, and it wouldn't be crazy.
0: Will Levis going number one is crazy. And I know your wife's a Kentucky fan or grad or whatever – and I know but, that
1: But look, they he looks the part like yeah. I, as a guy who's like I've interviewed him a handful of times. He is he is an impressive dude. He's funny, he's charismatic, yeah. he's relatable. Track his hell. Him, he's tough, he's you yeah. know, he's strong, he's got the arms, he's got the look, and he made he was throwing darts at the combine. Yeah. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be crazy and out of the realm. but it's just weird that the Panthers go get the number one pick and like, yeah, now we don't know who we're gonna take.
0: Like that, we yeah. And and I actually believe them. I actually believe them. It's just the crazy thing because it's like, like we got 43 days, and it was like, is this like a Tebow halftime speech? He's like we got 43 days for the rest of our life. <laughs> i Like like okay, cool. Well, the funny um, thing
1: will be if they go up there and they go, we draft Will Levis or or Will uh, what's his face out of Alabama, like Rice uh, or, no, Will Anderson. Like if oh, they, Williams, okay, yeah. if they trade up and they they're like, you know what? We're not sold on these quarterbacks. We're gonna go Will Anderson
0: yeah um we got some of the comments coming in already uh we appreciate that guys make sure you guys keep them coming um we'll get into some of the UGA stuff it's a very heavy UGA crowd I know you already see my man right here Ben Diesel with the with the horny for disrespect. um what do you call it profile pic which we love uh Michael Casper asking how are my hands they they've hit they're a little bit better I told Gordy the story this is like I mean it's just so bad. It's You're just so bad. Key Lane says nobody think cares if he's funny. I will tell you, and this is going to come as a shock to nobody, but as somebody that's overly sensitive, um, and, and has that has been my whole meal ticket as being funny, um, even though some people don't believe that, man, I thought that was about me. I got really upset. Uh, but also don't spread that word. Nobody cares if he's funny. That's that's like how I've built a whole career. So Will Levis, um, I don't think – we're not going to get too much into the number one overall pick just because there's more football stuff to talk about. Um, we'll start with Mizzou. I think because there's not that much, there's not that much new stuff coming out. Um, you know what we should talk about? Like
1: Mizzou has the spring game. Are you going to watch? Well, the thing is they're moving it indoors now. Is it still going to be televised? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, did, I
0: will say that like, so ESPN has shifted into this thing where they're not showing spring games except for like on like SEC network or, or like there's like, I think is on ESPN too. There's only one game on ESPN this entire offseason. And it's it's Colorado, which is just horseshit. Oh, wow. I mean, it just like blows my mind that that's that's even a thing. Yeah,
1: so so George the champs; they get ESPN 2 and everybody else is SEC Network Plus. It's not even SEC right. Network; it's SEC Network Plus streaming. And then, like a week later, they'll put it on like 3 a.m. on SEC Network.
0: But you know why they're doing that? No, why? It's to get you to it's to get you to sign up for the app oh. because you can watch it on the app. And I know that to be the case because when I was in Athens last year, me and Liz are sitting there. And we're at like a Michi, a buddy's place, who he is like the the owner or whatever. And so I was like, "Hey, like Dan coming on SC Network, can you put it on with the channel?" It's like, "No." Avicii, the DJ? No, uh, he's dead, isn't he? Oh, rest in peace. R.I.P. Avicii. This is going to be strictly an R.I.P. Avicii episode. I um, hope you guys are cool with that. Um, no, so I, I just, like it's called a Michi. It's a it's, they have fantastic wings and um and pizza. Anyway um but i was like look the game first off they were like we're not gonna turn on a fucking bama game for you in in athens georgia so we can watch like like during the spring game and i was like oh yeah that also makes sense so like they want you to sign up for espn and i know that it works because i freaked out couldn't remember the login for my actual espn account had to get another one so now i have two espn accounts that i haven't canceled i still have just i got because i got that espn plus money so it's it's whatever
1: wait so yeah there's a weird thing because like there's still stuff on the espn app like you have to have a cable subscription but then there's certain stuff where you have to have espn plus subscription which i know because i tried to look at the damn mock draft a week ago and it was like yeah we're new and i'm like god damn it i just want to see what mel kuiper's got like (laughs) language
0: that's like the one thing we're not allowed to say but i agree with you i say it out loud every single time i try to get on there there's nothing worse than being like all right, let me open up this article that I I know I'm going to disagree with because Mel Kiper is going to say some stupid shit that I don't I don't think is real, and then I can't I can't scroll down, and it takes you to like every time. You know what pisses me off too? We haven't answered any of the Mizzou questions. We're not going to. There's some no Mizzou fans here, <laughs> um, but what pisses me off is that when you click on that, it's like UFC Fight Night, UFC three thousand twenty two four, and it's right. like like at some point just start like they're. I would say name them something, but they'd probably run out of words at this point. Anyway, none of this matters. Um, continuing our SEC reach around. Um, so we talked about this earlier. There's two marquee games that made a little bit of news. Uh, we talked about this earlier on your podcast. Um, they made a little bit of news talking about, um, of course, USC and LSU playing in Vegas, which is like Awesome. I am I'm, I'm super excited. If you're like, I texted a, a couple of LSU guys that, you know, cause I go to Baton Rouge, <clears throat> try to go like once a year um, for at least one game a year. And I was like, we need to move the BR trip to, to, Ve- to Vegas because like, that sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know a lot of LSU fans are going to make that trip. It's going to be, it's going to be the Sunday, the night before labor day. So kind of like the same thing they did with Florida state this past year in, in new Orleans, but this isn't for this season. This is for the next season, and that's when we're going to the nine-game schedule, presumably, right. with the three permanents, which, if you believe what we saw, Alabama's going to be a permanent for LSU. What if that schedule – what if they get Texas and Oklahoma in year one? And they got Bama. What if they get Georgia, too? And you got to open with USC. Like, Brian Kelly may be looking at and going – Okay, let's just blow this whole thing up. We're not doing. Yeah, we're, we're scheduling. Uh, you know, Wake Forest. We're going to schedule. Uh, you know, like Hello, let's go schedule some softies because that's that's brutal. Like scheduling USC in a normal eight game SEC schedule, fine. But going to nine now, and Texas and Oklahoma coming in, I'm. I think we're going to start to see more SEC teams go. You know, what we're going to go a little softer on the non-con.
0: God, again, there's a Big Ten fan just seething somewhere. It's like, um. And our guest, by the way, we're going to push it back to around 9, 10, 9, 15. So bear with us on the, on the bracket stuff. We have plenty to break down because so, um, he's got an ordinary toddler. But it's, it's, I promise it'll be worth it. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, in the meantime, we get to talk about more of the SEC football and our reach around like we just said. I, like Here's the thing. Brian Kelly can't complain about that because Brian Kelly's also the one that was like, I came here to play the best. I want to play the best. He's already kind of benefited from like he had a good year one, obviously. And then, he, and then like Saban, because again, as we talk about off air, there's just not a PR firm. Or someone to help with with like sounding like like a non asshole in front of the media apparently in this in Tuscaloosa Alabama because Saban complains about the schedule which you're not going to get any sympathy from anyone in the country if you're like if you're Alabama like in like in a lot of sports but especially in football and especially under Nick Saban um, I don't disagree with you I don't think that they cancel the USC game necessarily. and no, and no I,
1: it won't be canceled, but, like, moving forward, I don't right, right. see those kind of games scheduled anymore. For They're sure. Like, like, how's Indiana doing? They want to come play a neutral <laughs> field game? We'll play them. I mean, but like, this is what happens, Marla. You add a Texas – everybody's like, oh, let's get Texas and Oklahoma and Clemson and Florida State. No, stop. Right. Like, you need crappy teams in the conference. You need more Vanderbilts.
0: Yeah, and also you need, you need those non-cons because you also need – Those programs need that. I'll never forget the 2020 season when they, I think it was Kent State, um, they lost like I think it was like five million dollars on three games. They're supposed to play Bama, Penn State, and someone else. It was like it was some I think it was another SEC school um, that they were supposed to play on their schedule, and that was going to be five million dollars. That was like sixteen. I think it was one sixth of their overall budget for the entire athletic department was was those three games they're supposed to earn on. you know, it's super helpful for those schools.
1: And it's also, you know. You know, like, they, you know what they say there, right? Can't read, can't ride, can't state.
0: I did not know that. It's their motto. It's Nick Saban's alma mater, so that seems rude. It seems like you're just making personal attacks now. Um, okay, I'm going to pull something up here. and Or ask you to since you're better at technology than I am. Even though I'm supposed to be hosting this and you're supposed to be the co-host. <laughs> so, a couple weeks ago. And I've been, I've been previewing this. I've been saying that. We were going to talk about this on each of the last two episodes, and we haven't done it because of my ADD. I'm going to demand that we do it now. Um, why is SDS sending me a message on Instagram? Um, hey, you up? Is that what they said? <laughs> at eight at eight fifty five. Hey, bro, you up? <laughs> um, all right. So SDS came out with a, a a academic style ranking of every quarterback room in. In the conference, okay. Now, this is—I don't envy anybody that makes these lists. I think they're very difficult to do. I don't think it's—it's it's worth it. I know that Connor has to do a lot of these, and I, I don't envy that at all. Um, going through, going through some of these, and uh, I'm try, again, I'm trying to find right now. There's a couple that stood out to me, and once I get it, I'll, I'll be able to pull it up. If you been able to find it, probably not.
1: Um. Oh, so they took they took all the the quarterback rooms and kind of what gave a grade?
0: Right. Yeah. No. I, I just so I just found it. So I'm going to send you a copy of this. Um, this is this is what this looks like. You have this is I'm going to go in alphabetical order. Okay. Hi, Internet. Hey, Jay. <laughs> Appreciate you being here. Um, all right. So I'm going to go in order, and I'm sending it to you right now, so you can be able to look at it. Bama. Um, that is a B. Arkansas, A minus. Uh, Auburn C minus, Florida D, Georgia A, Kentucky A minus, LSU A, Mississippi State B plus, Mizzou C plus, Ole Miss A plus, the highest in the conference, Tennessee A, Tennessee A. I want to say that again. <laughs> South Carolina B, A and C. Vanderbilt C minus. So if you're looking at that from the top, so you have the highest grade was given to Ole Miss, obviously, um, lowest to Florida with a D. Um, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, six four, five, six. Six of the 14 teams got an A ranking of some sort. So Ole Miss, um, followed by Georgia and Tennessee and LSU, and then they, they all three of them had A's, and then A minus to Kentucky and and Arkansas. Right off the bat, I would ask you, which one of these do you like? Who who would you who do you think has the best? Quarterback room. I'm not just saying starting quarterback, but quarterback room in the conference in which, in, in which of these also after that you enter that one, do you think has the biggest problem here? Because I, I feel like there's one that is glaring to me that I'm shocked by.
1: Well, this thing is flawed. First off, this thing's flawed because right. if we're just talking room. So I guess like the benefit of having a great quarterback room is if our starter goes down with an injury that, the backup behind him is very good and will be just fine. Right. I think you also need to, in this grading, if a team has a great starter who's back for his third or fourth year and he's really good, that should get a good grade. Mm-hmm. But if the backup behind him is an unknown and not very good, how do you weigh that? So that's right. where this is all kind of flawed. The Ole Miss one jumps out to me. Spencer Sanders was a very productive quarterback at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson Dart was mixed bag last year. Right. so it's some not so good. And then Walker Howard, we don't know what he is yet. Five-star We're quarterback. Five-star, in yeah. team, but Like, okay, yeah, the room looks good, but only one guy's going to start. And so if it's right. Sanders, we don't know what he is in the SEC. He may be a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. So while Ole Miss has an A-plus quarterback room, their quarterback pro- productivity may just be middle-of-the-pack in the SEC. So that's where I kind of have a problem with it. But if I'm just going based on the room – Um, again, like Tennessee as an a, as much as I believe in, in, in Joe Milton. And I like what we saw at him at the end of the year. He's not Hendon hooker. He may be very productive. And then Nico Yamalieva, I think he's he's highly touted. And, but again, has not played a down a college football yet. So that one is that one. I, I would probably go B for Tennessee right now. Right. Until what we see, what what Milton is, uh, I think
0: I I do think, I wouldn't disagree with that. I do think the ceiling is much higher than than where the floor is. Like I I don't know if I would go lower than than a B. Like I mean, Joe Milton would have to be really bad. And what we I, I would I would think I would give them a B B minus. Oh, like overthrow
1: years. guys like he
0: did two years ago. His whole career, besides like the one Orange Bowl game that he played in. Like I I don't like And here's the other thing too. As I say this a lot on, on, on here, like, but like, as with anything, like, the, like the head, I, I, am not, the, I'm not a smart man. Okay. But I know what love is. I, I don't actually, that's a terrible, terrible example. I don't know why I, me of all people should not use that example.
1: You are good at eating chocolates
0: though. So I love chocolates. I love chocolates. Who doesn't? Um, I'm not great at running. As I told you today, I sprained my ankle walking, which is tough to do. Um, but no so like when you talk about like um it's another good point uh from jay says whose qb room have we seen the most of when you talk about like like from tennessee i do think the ceiling's high there but what what goes into as like with anything like like head coach success i never realized until a couple years ago how important it was to have like really good like a really good coaching staff right like Really good coordinators, really good recruiters. There's so many things that go into it. And it's kind of simple. Like I think Kirby kind of like pretends like it's like super simple. It's like, you know, just get elite talent, bring him in here. But there's so many moving parts to it. For a quarterback, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Like, how's the offensive line? How's your supporting cast? How's the run game? How are the receivers? Tennessee loses. It's not just that Tennessee is losing Hinden Hooker who put up ridiculous numbers in back-to-back seasons, right? Like, because people forget how good he was two years ago, before even this season. Jaylen They're losing Jalen Hyatt. They're losing Cedric Tillman. They're losing a first-round draft pick at left tackle. So that's where my concern from Tennessee would be, right? I think I think LSU with with like, in my opinion, and I know I know the talent that's in Georgia's room. I really do, and I think I think it's maybe the best in the entire conference, regardless of the the weird like it's like I'll call it like a Brooklyn Nets big three that is in Oxford right now because it's like. Man, like on paper, sure. Spencer Sanders has been a starter forever. Like forever. Have you seen Spencer Sanders' numbers? Right. You know what I mean? It's not great. Like I mean, I, I, we added it up last week. He's got 67 career touchdowns um, and 40 interceptions in four years as a, as a quarterback. That's not that's not great. Um, in, in in LSU, I I I really love Nussmeier, man. I think Nussmeier's a really really good quarterback. That's that's gotten I think better. Yeah, he's,
1: um, he's got like – he's throwing like 130 passes. So, like, we – like, it's funny. I was going to say I think Alabama and Georgia are in the two best spots just in terms of quarterback rooms. Right. Even though those are the two that we don't know who the starter is yet. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen Carson Beck in small doses. Brock Vandergriff, Gunner Stockton, we haven't really seen. So, like, it's so limited with, with Garrett Nussmeyer. They, they played him the whole second half of the SEC championship game, right. played with Jaden Daniels in the bowl game. So he's got a little bit of enough of a sample size that we've seen him. So, yeah, to that point, like the Ole Miss guys, we've seen Jackson Dart a good bit and Spencer Sanders, and we've seen Jaden Daniels and Nussmeier a good bit with LSU. But I don't know. Again, if you're still asking me, like, best room, I think i put Alabama and George at the top. Yeah, I'm
0: surprised that so many people are sleeping on Bama. And, and maybe this is, this is like – um yeah, so even Ben Diesel says, "Nest tore us apart in, in Atlanta. I mean, again, and it was, listen, the game was put away. The game was over. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and then and then it's hard to ignore that, that second half. Cause it used to, you know, you put up 500 yards of offense on a Kirby Smart defense. It's hard to ignore that.
1: Well, well how we're did TCU it. do in the second half in a game that got, that was already decided, you know? Like, really good point.
0: Really good point. Um, unless you're a TCU fan, then we're, so, I'm sorry for him because that's tough. Um, but no, like like in, in Purdue, Purdue gets like whopped every single time they play. They play an SEC team. It seems like in a bowl game, like like this, they're 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 averaging. I think in their last five bowl games, I think they're one and four. Uh, with that one win being kind of a fluke against Tennessee, they're they've given up like an average of like forty three points per game in those in those games against the and SEC. I,
1: I think their new starter is Hudson Card isn't it the the cast really? from from texas yeah so good luck taking that. ball
0: that's all i'm gonna say i mean like honestly he probably should have started over yours in that game against bama so um no i'm kidding but like i, I do think that uh i'm surprised about the bama like like at, at the with the bf this on here before i do think that saban is more confident with what he has than what people are giving him credit for which i'm, I'm sure sounds like i'm being a homer on it but whatever and i could be totally wrong like, like, like i i there's a very real part of me that wants to watch an entire season play with Jalen Milrow, because I, I think that Jalen Milrow is so exciting athletically, but I think there's a ceiling on that, on that
1: season at, at nine well, or 10 the, wins. And the turnovers against A&M was kind of, right. you know, that that's concerning, but yeah, it's it's funny. I'll go back. I've said the words after, after Tua left, I, that off season, I, I said the words, something along the lines of "Dude, Mac Jones is nothing like he's, this guy's, you know, he's not too, this guy's not even close to what Tua right. was. And look at, you know, like he proved me and a lot of people wrong that year. So that guy could be Ty Simpson. It could be Jalen Milrow with people doubting going, oh, Obama, we don't even know what they have at quarterback. Well, turns out yeah. it might be something pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you get new coordinators and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be very different. I I, I will stand by, to the AM thing. It wasn't a good game. He didn't play very well. It did have a very real feeling that, that he – it, it didn't feel like the game plan was necessarily there for him. Like, it kind of felt like there was like, like Bill O'Brien was like, we're running my offense. Right. And I don't give a shit what you guys want to do. Like, that's, that's kind of what it felt like. Um Jay Bronson, he here,
1: he said, Connor Wegman, a C like that dude was good down the back stretch of the season.
0: Yeah. I, I was, I was kind of surprised by that, man. I really was. There was, there's, I mean, there's like, there's a lot on here. This and it, again, it's March. This is all off season fodder and we don't really know what's going to happen. There's so much that like, like I'll give you, I'll I'll ask you another question here, looking at these numbers and the, and the players that we know, right? Like that are in play. I brought this up on your podcast. I still think it's super, super interesting and it could be nothing, but it seems super interesting to me because Vegas is never wrong. When you look at like, it's either DraftKings or FanDuel that has the, the Heisman trophy odds out right now. And Carson Beck is plus 4,000 and Brock Vandergriff is plus 1,800. And I, I know, I know that Kirby came out today and he made the comment about Gunnar Stockton and, you know, don't sleep on him. And I've heard like, you know, our, our good buddy Graham coffee made a couple comments about it. I don't think there's anything that's that off base that I could, maybe he is, maybe it's motivation, or maybe he is going to see more snaps who knows. But I do think that Vegas is onto something. And I think that a lot of people will probably feel like the same way that, that, Brock Vandergrift probably isn't going to be in Athens after, if he's not the starter, after
1: the spring spring practice. Because he's good enough to start somewhere. And the first guy that should be on the phone with him is Hugh Freeze at Auburn. because yep. I think it's absolutely, it's like the report, early reports out of Auburn is that quarterbacks haven't looked good. Oh, really? Right. You brought in nobody to compete with Robbie Ashford. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, even, even LSU, when they had Miles Brennan and, and Garrett Nussmeyer, they still brought in Jaden Daniels, and he won the job. Like, you really going to rest your laurels on Robbie Ashford being the savior. And he may be good, but like bring in somebody to
0: compete. Yeah. I think his mom finally stopped following me on Twitter. So I'm allowed to say that now. So um, anyway, all right, real quick, before we get into basketball stuff with our good buddy, Mike Calabrese, um, we are going to finish up our SEC reach around with uh, a trip to Athens, which listen, I, if anybody knows about putting on weight, especially bad weight, especially in Athens. It's me. I love going to Athens. I've never, I've never left there without either a, a hangover or a headache of some sort. Um, I'm obviously making jokes here because I don't think that's what happened here with the pro day we're going to talk about, but you had the, um, the, the pro day today, uh, Georgia, Georgia's pro day in Athens. I turned it on for a little bit. I forgot that it was on. Okay. And I'm, I'm in the middle of a meeting with, with my manager, like my direct manager Who's like over in, in London? And and we're like in there with like a couple other people, and it's like people I'm supposed to be like in front of, right? Like, like on my best behavior. Whatever the the fucking like like New Yorker that's on that first take show with Stephen A. Smith, it's just constantly yelling, Mike the Mad Dog, whatever. Right. He's just screaming in the background the whole time. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I've got to get this off. Luckily, the Georgia Pro day was on, so I turned it on. Blown away by just the physical. Stature of Broderick Jones. That was my biggest takeaway of the day. Um, he looked as as in good a shape as any offensive lineman I think I may have ever seen. And I'm probably being a prisoner of the moment, I'm probably overreacting a little bit. He looked incredible. The big news of the day, and we talked about this on your podcast as well, as or locked on SEC, is that Jalen Carter did not have a good showing. Um, he was, you know, two weeks removed from the senior or the senior, uh, senior bowl, I'm sorry, the NFL uh, combine. Where he obviously had to leave, got arrested, was wearing the same shirt from the combine in his in his um, what do you call it pick Mocha uh, comes back and is not able to finish even position drills, doesn't run the 40. Um, what your thoughts on on what he, like his underwhelming performance and doesn't matter at all because I, I I would say no.
1: Yeah, I think this I think this matters more than the the story that ended up coming out of. Oh, he was you know, he was racing the night of the crash and, mm-hmm. and left the scene and all that. Like all that is whatever, like he'll, he'll have to answer the teams for that at the end of the day. That's that's whatever. Like, don't don't do anything boneheaded like that again. Right, right. But this is like wearing swim trunks and a tank top to your job interview like, dude. All you had to do was be impressive this one day. You skipped the, you didn't do anything at the combine. So, like, this was, you said you were going to do everything on your pro day. Now we get to your pro day and you don't do, you don't run the 40, you don't do any other drills and you're over, you're nine pounds overweight and then you cramp up and leave and then you don't even talk to anybody. Like, yeah, I think this is going to have him fall. I've already seen some mock dress where he's going down to 15. That's crazy. 18. It's crazy, but it's like we know the player. And he's a right. freak. even Kirby defended him today and said, like, look, anybody want to talk about his work ethic or him as a player, I will defend him to, to the ends of the earth. Like right. get all that. But still Mike Tomlin's there today from the Steelers and he sees that and he goes, Hey, I'd love to talk to Jalen. Oh, Jalen left already. Not a good look, dude. Not a good look. All you had to do was be on today and, and you would have been fine. But again, not a good look with gaining the weight and the cramps and all that. I would not be surprised if he slides. Listen, a
0: lot of people when they start menstruation get cramps and gain weight, so it's not a thing that's very uncommon in a lot of households. Just that time of month, it might just be that time of month for Jalen Carter. Um, I, I, I just, I will say, like Brandon Marcello was joking around about this earlier, and I, and I, I hit him up on it because he said something about how he's like, man, like I, I just don't think it's a big deal, and and I agree with him because because I think there's, there's so much time until from now and until. Like when the season starts, and Jay again makes another good point. You've been an incredible ad today here, Um, where there's smoke, there's fire, and like the kid's been under a lot of scrutiny. I, I know the Georgia fans are going to go to bat for him, and I, and I and I admire it, and I and I totally understand. I still think he's the most can't can't miss prospect in the entire draft. I, I don't that that's just how I feel. I and I could be. I don't know the off field character concerns that McShay talked about. I don't. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know any of that kind of stuff. And we're not going to get into any of it because it's been you know. I, I think that. It's it's not something that's a productive conversation at this point. I will say, like you said, I remember my first job interview out of college. The first thing I, I remember asking, they they told me what I was going to be making at this like really shitty sales job in radio. They said, um, they said, uh, what was it? It was like, they told me what my salary was going to be. And I remember looking at it, I go, no, is that before or after taxes? <laughs> and every single one of them, were like, is this guy a fucking idiot? Like, should we not have offered him the shop? Like, what's he talking about? And um, I just, I, I mean, so I know what it's like to give a bad interview. I get it. I was surprised that he had this very big moment and it's also on TV and it's like, dude, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you could have helped yourself with that being said, I pray that this, this drops him to eight. I don't think the Falcons are smart enough to actually draft anyone from Georgia that high. Cause they're idiots and they do this every year. I'm sure that they'll get a fucking defensive back from some small group of five school in the Pacific Northwest, like they seem to fucking always do. But like or a Clemson D B. Oh my God. Well, actually he's been he's been fun. But yeah, it's just so frustrating. So um I just yeah. I was surprised. I think it was it was kind of just like you said, like it's just surprising.
1: Let me pass this. This is from my buddy uh, Lance Irline, who works for the NFL network. He he had tweeted that out today. He said he said the weight is a big concern considering this is the most important job interview of your life. Right. Testing was expected to be a positive, and now he's not testing. The slide could be very real, real for him. He said, "You know, like if he starts sliding, it's going to be hard to pass on that talent." Right. But the question is, do you have the leadership in the locker room to help guide okay. what might be a mature, in, you know, maybe a little bit of an immature guy right now with with yeah. all he's all young. That's going on? So I don't know. I just know this: he's a hell of a talent, and hmm. if all this is just a blip on the radar for him, then somebody's going to get a steal. That is a good point about the leadership in the locker
0: room. Like, like, like Arizona's there, but JJ Watt's gone. Right? Like there's like there, you you do need you do need that probably at some point. But man, can you imagine him and Grady Jarrett next to each other in Atlanta? I would be so pumped. The Falcons would still find a way to blow every single close game they played, but it would be up the middle, you're not running.
1: Well, they got Taylor Heineke, man, so they're ready to go. I hate everything. I hate the city. I love the city, but I hate
0: it. All right. Everyone that's listening, everyone that's here, we love you. Thank you for being here. It's bracket time, my friend. It is time to fill out a bracket. I haven't filled one out yet. Onions.
1: Onions.
0: Um, I'm super pumped. This is, a, a, like tomorrow is, especially if you're getting a vasectomy, it's the best day of the year. That's like if it's a big vasectomy day. I'm not just making that up. I know we just talked about our SEC reach around. We're moving on from that. Um, we are going to be joined by our good buddy, Mike Calabrese. I'm going to I'm gonna text in the link right now. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, boy. Um I'm just getting sense. Tons and tons of uh of of Brandon Miller stuff has to talk about this, so it's probably in good timing. Um, anyway, so the tournament has already started, it's actually going on right now. I don't know who won between Charles Dickinson and, and whatever that other fucking 16C that was playing um in the play-in game. But tomorrow, you got the first day of March Madness where it's like a the uh, the 1210 to like midnight a full day of it. And I can't wait. Like what, what is your favorite? Like, is this in terms of sports days? Is this one of your favorite days of the year?
1: Yeah. And it's the first day of the tournament. It's right. Friday. Friday even loses some of the luster. Like, mm-hmm. and, and and I understand some of you, your, your favorite teams may not even be playing till Friday. Like Kentucky doesn't play till Friday, but like tomorrow is the day where your bracket is, fr- is perfect. Right. Like everything's set. And and I think a lot of people like to take off of work tomorrow and go sit at a bar by 11 o'clock and be ready to go for all the action. Yeah, tomorrow ranks up there as one of the best days of the sports calendar.
2: Yeah.
0: We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is my favorite time of year because there's so much that goes on where it's like, I, I, I don't give a shit about spring training. I know you're a big Astros guy because you live in Houston um, and you love trash cans. But, I mean, I think that um, – I'm kidding. Uh, Insulin but, Thug. What's that? Anselin Insulin Thug? thug. Um, no, but, I, like I you know, you have a – Y'all don't have a sponsor for vasectomies. <laughs> that is, like... <laughs> it's like, like I, I struggle with this every week. Our our sponsor is Texas Pete. We love Texas Pete. Um, I, I'll give them a shout out right now. The only thing that's gonna be hotter than than the 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 money I'm gonna be making, or at least burning a hole through my pocket and gambling with this weekend, is going to be Texas Pete. Um, on all your snacks. And by the way, they've come out. Texas Pete's come out with a like a a a popcorn. Like they sent two bags of it. Gordy, I went through the entire thing in two days. Like the <laughs> entire thing. There he is. There's Mike caliber. So we're gonna bring him on here in a second. But um no, so like like this is this is the best time of year because you have you have spring training, which is whatever. I think I think opening day is like we're like a little bit over two weeks away. 30th, I think. Okay. Um I mean the Red Sox suck, so I don't really I don't really care as of right now. Um, but like this day, and you have some spring games coming up, the masters is right around the corner. I mean, it is a, it's a great, great time of year. So, all right. Kentucky Derby. What's that? Kentucky Derby coming That's out. That's using a birthday weekend, too. I love that. Um, all right. We're going to bring in our special guest. This is a gambling guru. Take that. Why the, Mike? It's been way too long for one, but I'm already mad at you because I'm looking in the background and you have fucking A&M. Oh, I knew. I see what you're doing. Is this your final four?
2: No, this is not my final four, but I was hoping to get your goat. seems like I did right off the bat. I only have I <laughs> 200, have 250 mini helmets in my office. I could have picked any one, but here we yeah, are.
0: You thought it was going to be about Brandon Miller, but you put up a fucking Texas A&M and Arizona uh, helmet facing each other, which is Arizona is so what I have knocking Bam out. And then we have A&M, obviously, who uh, I can't stand just from, from beating us in because of, of Kip and his birthday celebrations um with the with the what do you call we're joined here also this is chris Gordy. i don't know if you guys have met introduce yourselves mike is a gambling guru and he's gonna make all this a lot of money right off the bat man um we'll go through some of the stuff with the bracket what are you most excited for what's the biggest thing that jumped out to you looking at the the bracket when it was
2: released so every year i like to laser in on that 12 5 13 4 Mm matchups because generally speaking the committee they take the best of the automatic qualifiers from those True mid-major conferences, they give them those spots. And in a lot of cases, it's those teams that are kind of backsliding into the four and five slots where they had aspirations to be a top 10 team, didn't quite work out. And in a lot of cases, you have one team that's surging, another team that's like kind of treading water a little bit. And it's really profitable to play those to the point that I had this betting system where I bet every 13 and every 12 on the spread and on the money line, so 16 bets in total, Every single tournament, it's been a profitable system. Eleven of the last fourteen tournaments kind of takes the guesswork out of it, and also these are the upsets you're rooting for anyway. And right. like if you're out at a bar, like everybody wants to see those small schools win in the first place, so it's it's fun on top of you know making a little extra coin.
0: Okay, so I I, I want to repeat this real quick because some of our listeners like. Like what Mike does, and I, we, we talk about you a lot on this podcast. Like, I know it's been like a year since you haven't been on, since you've been on here. We talk about you a lot because from a gambling side, like standpoint, which is like kind of where our roots are and what we talked about, especially when, even when back in the day of it being winning and boozing, um, talking about some of like the bets, like you just said you have a system play and I know there's Mm -hmm. like some of our listeners, not everyone's huge into gambling. Like maybe explain what you mean by that for one, but also like, because I think what, what happens a lot with when people are gambling is you get drawn to the big names and you get drawn to like the big easy bets like or like what you think could be a big payday. Like let me throw in like a crazy parlay or let me throw in like this. What Mike does is just makes money. Like he just, he makes good bets. Like every time, every time there's like a big game and I'll text you and I feel proud of myself a little bit on this one because I, I feel like I've started to come in line with some of the stuff that you'll say and you'll, I I, I won't tell you that I have like, Here's what I have my eye on, and you'll you'll say it. I'm like, yes, I have that too. So I feel like I'm smarter than I probably am. But explain the system play and, and what it is you're really like the
2: goal is. So one of the hardest things, even for professional gamblers, even for sharps, is that you have a certain amount of emotion that comes into it. You have bogey teams, or is one of the terms that gets thrown around where it's like no matter what, you bet on them, you bet against them, you always right. lose money. So you start to throw you know good money after bad system plays essentially are. You try to take all of that off the table. And in a lot of cases, you do it before the season starts where you're like, if these parameters are all checked, all these boxes are checked, I'm going to bet it no matter what. The other system that I use for March Madness is one that I've always been fascinated with because the tournament sends these teams to the weirdest venues like Mm -hmm. Albany, New York. Is hosting a tournament. Albany, like when you drive into town, it should have a sign that says Albany, New York, closed since 2011. Like right. it is, <laughs> it, like 85% commercial vacancy. Like the place is an absolute dump. The NCAA tournament couldn't wait to get into Albany, and right. they're sending and they're sending Saint Mary's across the country to play at that venue at an 11 a.m. body clock tip off. So what I do from a system perspective is I look at the four teams that are traveling the furthest in the first round and I fade them every single year. And that has paid out over 61% against the spread since 2014. So that's just something that philosophically I believe in where it's like, yeah. And their fans don't show up because you're not going from California to Albany, New York. And then just in general, it's for a higher seed in particular, like St. Mary's, they had a great season. They spent a lot of the year in like the 12 to 15 range in the AP poll. And they got absolutely worked by the committee. This isn't the worst possible situation situationally for them. So I just, you know, I go in and I lock in those, you know, those system plays ahead of time. And then I build out the rest of my card based on, you know, how I'm feeling, you know, for teams playing heading into the tournament. I love that.
1: Mike, let me ask you, we know a, uh, just about every year, a 12 beats a five who are we looking at this year in the because i look at them and i'm like i can't talk myself into any of them i feel like all the fives are pretty strong so give me a but 12 versus a five you like the so, most
0: you're betting all of them you said
2: I I am betting all of them. The two that I like the most, I just mentioned St. Mary's traveling to Albany. They're playing against a VCU defense that turns everybody over. They'll force like 15, 16 turnovers in this game. And Ace Baldwin, their point guard, is the kind of player that takes over in March that people fall in love with. So when you look at that and the fact that VCU has a very strong fan base, they're going to make the trip Mm -hmm. you know, up the Eastern seaboard and be there and have a presence in Albany. So I think their game to win that game outright. And then college of Charleston, another weird travel game, San Diego state wins the mountain West conference, regular season and the tournament. And the reward is they have to play in South Florida. So they're traveling across the country. And Charleston is a team that won over 30 games this year. Mm -hmm. And from a, so a term that gets thrown around in college basketball, gambling a lot is high variance. Alabama is a high variance team. Why? Because they shoot a lot of three pointers. So you end up making 12 or 15 threes, just about no one's going to beat you. No one shoots more three-pointers than the Charleston Cougars. Wow. So they're going to fire up like 30 trays in this game. And if they make 10-plus, I think they're going to shock San Diego State, who, by the way, is outside the top 200 in effective field goal percentage. So if their defense isn't lights out, they're not going to win this game or another game in the tournament.
0: And that's what's interesting about that is it like, Seth Barham on on ESPN, the first team he threw out there was like, "Hey, who's the team that's like you think could go far as a five seed?" And it was it wasn't Duke, who was a five seed after after winning the ACC, which is pretty fucking crazy to be honest. Like, I mean, but like it was it was uh, San Diego State. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, looking at like just well, like we're traditionally you we're know, we're based in the SEC. He's in Houston. I'm in Atlanta. We we cover the SEC a lot. Obviously, you worked with SDS. Um, from an SEC standpoint, one, thanks to the committee for giving me an all-nighter tonight so I can do all these stupid matchup breakdowns with six games tomorrow, which is real sweet of them. Um, what matchup do you think is the biggest potential for, like, like I guess, like, besides Bama, right? Because you only have, like, one top-tier seed, I would think, out of the conference. Who makes the deepest run, do you think, or who's set
2: up the best? Who do you think is an early exit as well? So Bama, let's put aside all of the outside of basketball elements that potentially could interfere with how they play. If Bama plays their best basketball for six games, they're going to win the national championship. And when you look at their path, the path is so critical. Yeah. Considering when you're comparing apples, apples, ones and two seeds across all four regions, they have a pretty favorable draw. I mean, compared to uh, some of these other teams like Purdue is walking right into a buzzsaw in the round of 32. They're either going to catch Kendrick Davis, who's an absolute flamethrower out of the backcourt for Memphis. He could drop 40 points on them. Right. Or they're going to play FAU, who's one of the best stories and best scoring offenses in the country as well. Right. So when it comes to guard play, Purdue's you know, in deep water immediately. So I think Bama is well positioned. Um, I also think there's a chance that Arkansas could put it together. You know They have three potential future pros on that team. Illinois is a team that just from like a storyline narrative standpoint, I don't I don't know if there's a coach in the country that hates his own team more than Brad Underwood in Illinois. Like he basically called them quitters like three weeks into the season, and it hasn't got a whole lot better since then. I mean, they do some things really well. They protect the rim, right. which is difficult for Arkansas. They want to get to the ten and get to the foul line a lot. But if Arkansas can get by there, get get by the fighting Illini, I think there's a chance they upset the one in the round of thirty-two. So that's the rose-colored glass quick look at the sec yeah i'm all, i'm also down on some sec teams i think tennessee's yeah. on upset watch um you know without their point guard they weren't setting the world on fire offensively to begin with and now they're up against the louisiana team that is playing with house money they've been i think they've won like 14 to 15 headed into the tournament and they have a former mcdonald's all-american center who's going to get it's going to be a strength on strength battle in yeah. in the trenches and that's what tennessee usually does best but if he goes for 25 and 10 i think the raging cajuns have a shot to shock the balls right off the bat yeah. Let,
1: let me ask you something, Mike. You, you mentioned Arkansas and, and, and Musselman, uh, what, back-to-back Elite Eights. How much do, value do we put in coaches who have been there, done that, mm. and have a great track record? I mean, you know, maybe don't have the best team uh, on paper, but yet coaching experience. How much does that matter?
2: A ton, in my opinion. I absolutely am a believer in how do you handle these tournament moments? How do you prepare your team? How do you work with your staff? Because essentially you're scouting for two games in one week where you have to look ahead and you don't even know who you're going to play in the next round. Sometimes it's a little bit easier for Musselman. He knows he's going to get a one seed. But in a lot of cases, you have to game plan for two teams. So I think his track record really does come into play. I think it's kind of a calming effect where he can speak to his team and say, listen, we were close. We almost upset you know, the Crimson Tide in T-Town. It didn't happen, but we're right there. And I know it because I've been there before. I've taken teams deep on runs. You guys are as good as any other group that I've coached. And the other factor, obviously, is Nick Smith Jr. Like, I was shocked that he didn't shut it down. A guy who is a consensus top 10 NBA draft pick. Most of the time in this NIL era and the NBA draft era, it's like everyone's just focusing on the combine and, you know, working with their own private workout coaches and things like that. He clearly came back to make a run in this tournament right. and to tr- try to, you know, essentially the, this is a, a one player draft, uh, the, the French unicorn coming in. He's going to be the number one pick. I think he's minus 40,000 to be the number one pick, but a- anything exactly. else is up for grab. You can work your way all the way into that two to three, four conversation. So if he go has a Steph Curry-like run, puts the team on his back, I think he can, you know, really increase his uh, his bank account if he does this right.
0: I'm at a French unicorn on the spring break one time, but I had to get penicillin. So it was not the same. Um, uh, no. So, so like, let me ask you this before I like, give you maybe one or two more questions where we get into like actually making like picking like final four and, and your, your best best, if that's okay with you. Cause I know that also you, you know, you do content for a living and I don't want to be giving away any of your premium stuff here. But um, the two, but real quick out of these three teams, okay. Like almost like a kill Mary screw type deal. But who do you think will go the furthest out of these three teams? Because I, I think going into the, the the tournament, these three guys or these three um, teams could have you could have convinced me they could make the deepest run. A&M, Auburn, Arkansas. And I know Auburn struggled, but like all three of them got pretty tough draws. Who do you think? I know
2: you just said Arkansas. You just spoke very highly of them. Who do you think could make the deepest run out of those three? So, I do think it's Arkansas, A&M, or excuse me, Auburn, I think, really benefits from somehow getting to play in Birmingham. Like, Dude, that's yeah. an absolute gift. They're already playing against a team that really struggles on the road. Iowa, yeah. I, this is the weirdest thing. Like, if Iowa got to play all six games in Iowa City, they could win the national championship. Right. But they just, like, they turn into a pumpkin when it comes to, you know, playing on the road. And I think in this case, Auburn's going to get out of that first round. A&M, I agree. They just have an awful draw. Penn state yeah. is really well coached. That coach is probably headed to Georgetown. I think that's almost a done deal. He's going to get a huge pay bump and he deserves it. They're one of the most veteran teams in the country and they're just light lights out shooters. So right. everything that from a weakness perspective that the Aggies have Penn state has a strength there. So I think that's the the worst matchup of the three that you mentioned.
1: Uh,
0: other question I have, and this is, you know, Gordy's wife and also our biggest basketball fan base with SDS Tell me about Kentucky. What do you think they like? They can do because I've I've said this all year, and I hate I hate that we give so much credence to Kentucky of being like, you know what, like, but you know, like you you know they can put it together in March, like we watch them fumble around and kind of like you know like fall over themselves and, and trip their own shoes, like for much of December and January it seems like, and then all of a sudden it's like like I, I just get tired of the narrative. They're going to turn it on when it matters most. They kind of have done that despite what happened with Vandy the past couple weeks. How far do you think they go in the turning?
2: I think they got a sweet 16 run in them. Um, you know, it's funny. There's this growing community of advanced analytics gurus, Evan Maya, Bart Torvik. Bart Torvik sounds like a name that Bart Simpson made up for himself You know, to get, yeah, to, get a, yeah. to get a fake ID or something <laughs> like that. But Bart Torvik does an incredible job, and so much of his information you can sort by time or opponent, yada, yada, yada. The upshot here is that Kentucky in the last month of the season third-ranked offense in the entire country. So they did rev it up. And I think now that they're getting a little bit healthier, there's no Vandy in this tournament. They don't have to play in Nashville. So I I think they they put those ghosts behind them. I understand that there's some ugly losses on their resume, but the reality is it's a nice draw against a Providence team. I know it's the Bryce Bryce Hopkins revenge game. I think he'll probably have a good game for the Friars, but that's about it. Um, So I think they get out of there pretty easily. And then outside of that, Coach Cal is someone who generally – can surprise when the expectations are lower in the tournament. You saw them do it when they went as you know, an eight seed all the way to the final four. So I, I think this is an opportunity for him to show that he still has, you know, some, some tricks. Um, but in general, I think their roster is kind of tailor made for a, a mini run. They do need Shibuya to play better, yeah. just, just you know, more consistently. It, it's a little bit shocking for a guy who's the national player of the year to come back and kind of be up and down a little bit, um, but I think the tournament has the opportunity to be that that bomb that, you know, soothes all the wounds of this entire season. I think Big Blue Nation will get it done. Not that a sweet 16 run is going to be satisfying to their fan base. But I think from a national perspective, people may be shocked to see them do it.
0: All right. Last question. We'll get you out of here because I know you got a fussy toddler um, and, and you've probably been. The, I know this is the busiest time of year for you. And, and, and I'm sure you've more responsible gambler than I am. So you probably have most of your bets in already. But if you still need to do that, we'll let you go. Final four teams, and who do you think cuts down the Nets in Houston?
2: So I wanted to be true to myself where basically since January, I've been beating the drum that this is the worst year for the top teams in in my lifetime of watching college basketball. At one point, there was more losses by the number one and number two ranked teams in in an entire season since the 40s. So it's like the proof is there that the top teams just keep falling. In a lot of cases, they were falling to unranked teams. So I was like, I can't just go chalk. I can't get enamored with the seed lines. Let me just look at the teams that they're winning DNA when you look at Ken Palm and kind of their versatility in terms of their roster. Just focus on that, not necessarily where they're seated. And with that in mind, I have Creighton, I have Marquette, I have UConn, and I have Texas. And I have Texas beating Creighton in the national championship. Um, Certainly uh, a grouping that I think is surprising to most. I didn't necessarily set out to be this Big East heavy. I mean, I think it was a top three conference, but I wasn't enamored with their their teams throughout the year. But I think the fact that Marquette just won at Madison Square Garden, they get to go back there for the regional. I think that continuity is going to help them. Creighton is incredible. They have five starters that score over 11 points per game. They have a true seven-footer. So if they run into Arizona, which they likely will in the Sweet 16, they actually have the size to check them in that regard. And then the other side, what are you doing? That's special. UConn is the best offensive rebounding team in the country. They just got yeah. you at waves. So what I like about that is to win six games. Generally, you're going to have an off night shooting in in a six game stretch. That's not going to affect them because they're going to get you know 12 to 15 extra opportunities. And then Texas, if you told me 20 years ago, you know a national contender loses their coach in the middle of the season, I'd say, okay, they're done. But it's just weird. Like people just move on a little bit faster in this area. I I feel like they've almost like circled the wagons and kind of like brought they got better. They they just kept getting better. Dylan DeSue was even better in the Big Twelve tournament and he was, you know, he's like their sixth option offensively. So at this point, I think they're so well balanced. Uh, when you look at their Ken Palm numbers, they don't beat themselves. Uh, And they have uh, a plus turnover margin. They're 10th nationally in the country. So they don't turn it over. They turn other teams over. If they can do a little bit better job rebounding and watch out for a potentially tricky second round matchup against a red hot Penn state team. I think they're going to go all the way to the final four and end up cutting down the nuts.
0: I like it. I mean, I don't. I hate it. And you're kind of a dickhead for picking Cre- uh, Creighton in the same same region that Bama's in. But, Mike, man, I can't say thank you enough. It's always fascinating, the the, the content that you, you come up with and, and how accurate it is, obviously, as well. But I know this is like a hugely busy time for you, so can't say thank you enough for being able to join us. Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, give them your address, social security number, all that good stuff. And um, and we'll we'll talk to you soon, man, I'm sure. All
2: right, let's take a look here. My mother's maiden name. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, you guys can find me over on Twitter at East Breeze. That's B R E E S E. I had to throw an extra E in there because people in high school called me Bress. Can't have that. Well, that that's not a winning. Guess. That's not a winning formula. Um, so you can find me there. All my work for the Action Network um, on the Big Bets on Campus podcast, as well as all their video contents. I was up there in New York City shooting a lot of uh, new stuff for them in their studio. So how to fill out your bracket, Cinderellas to consider, all of that is available. And the last piece, Chad Millman's award-winning podcast, The Favorites on the Action Network, I break down Friday's slate. So that'll drop on Thursday afternoon. That was a really fun conversation with him and Simon Hunter, who's a professional gambler, super sharp in the world of NFL football. So those are all the spots you can find me. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm going to be sweating out these games right there with you. They'll be you know, – I'm on Oral Roberts to upset Duke. What? I'm on Furman to upset Virginia. So – love it statistically speaking some of this stuff is not going to happen so i will be right there down to the dumps with your broken bracket so feel free to uh, commiserate with me
0: all right dude we appreciate it man we'll talk to
2: you soon sounds good man take
0: care all right gordy let's close out here I, I've, I've held you hostage long enough i apologize you've been great i appreciate you co-hosting with me
1: no, that's uh, good as- stuff. I'm, I'm i got some bets now to go make for tomorrow
0: he, dude, he's the best he's like he is like we'll t- we'll talk about we'll talk about um stuff like in football season. And I remember, I remember, I forgot what it was, but he's the one that got me into this. Cause like, cause him and I have like different betting formulas and stuff like that. And he's like, he, I remember talking to him or going over like, that's just like a year or two ago. And he goes, Chris, it's, it's like you don't understand what a bankroll is. And I'm like, brother, if you knew anything about my personal finances, you would have already known that. Like, this is not in question. But like, when we talk about like from a gambling standpoint, like the measured success and the stuff he goes with is like, like, I'm huge into first half bets and first quarter bets, but especially first half when it comes to like betting college football, one of his big things, and I've made a killing off of it, like with Bama as of late, but it's like one team, win the first half the other team to win the full game and in college basketball, there's so many different like s- swings. It, it happens more often than not. He's been, he's really, really good at what he does. I'm going to get in huge trouble for bringing somebody on from action network just with my company, but um, <laughs> I love, I love Mike to death. So hopefully I still have a job tomorrow. Um, that being said, who's so, like, it was an odd Final Four. <laughs> yeah.
1: That, 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 but, but he went with teams that have been there, done that, right? Like, right. Uh, UConn and, and Creighton and Marquette always make deep runs. Xavier's the other one. They always seem to go on yeah. deep runs. So, like, you, you can't go wrong, I would think, with some of the teams that, that are always there. But the Texas dynamic is weird. By the way, we didn't even talk about Chris Beard getting hired by Ole Miss. But um, – I'm not – just real quick on it, like I'm.
0: I want to, like I, I would like. I think I think it's like very. I think it's an important thing to talk about. I'm admittedly not up to speed. I haven't done enough of my own research to have an opinion on where I don't want to feel like I, I. I don't want to make an accusation of of like what's what because I know the charges were dropped.
1: Yeah, but it's, you can read the police report. I mean,
0: it, it seems like a pretty. I'll just fucking say it. I. It seems like a very we don't give a shit about women type move. It just, and I, and I hate it. I hate it.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it, the, the it, one of two things either happened, either he hit his fiance and she called the police and she had bruises. according to a police report, she had bruises from it mm-hmm. or two, she beat herself and lied about it. And he's with her. And that's a problem too. So one right. of these things is a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. But, hey, let's go win basketball games, right? Um, anyway.
0: The, the proximity of when it happened is like, that's where the surprise for me was. The, um, he, he,
1: it happens in December. He gets fired in January. Not even two months later, he's got his new job. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Will Wade just had to set out a full year for paying players, which is legal now. Like, what are we doing?
0: Right. Yeah, but, I, I don't. Again, we'll talk about it the next one. I, and I, I appreciate your input on it and, and opinion, because
1: it's just. I'm. The point I was going to make with Texas real quick is like yeah, yeah. they had Shaka Smart, who was in over his head. Right. They had Chris Beard, who the one year there underachieved, like didn't right. make a deep run. And now this dude, Rodney Terry, who becomes the interim coach, he's like the best of all of them. And they won't even they still haven't even announced like we're taking the interim tag off and right. making you the guy. So, hey, uh, hashtag uh, victory for Rodney Terry. Let's go give that man. Yeah. that job.
0: It looks just like Gus Johnson, too, by the way. A little bit. Yeah. Um, who's your final four?
1: Uh, so I Bama, uh Bama, UCLA, Houston, only because it's in Houston. I think if they get there, that, that's yeah. a problem because they're going to have so many fans there. And then my lower seed that I'm riding hot hand with, Memphis. I think Memphis. Really? Out. Yeah. I've been playing really well. People Penny really Argyle's don't people. like Purdue. Like people are really, really down on Purdue. Because they have that goofy seven-foot dude. Who's good, but like I don't know anything else about their their game. Every time I watch, they're like, "He's seven foot tall." It's like, okay, and like but how, rock how does that work in the in the tournament? Like, big dudes get abused. He is.
0: I thought when I first saw him in like like I think it was, like November or December. I, I saw him and I was like, "That's not a real. That's not a fucking real person. Is this?" And I'm like, like I'm like this far from the screen, and like I remember like text my buddy, and I was like, "Is that? Is he like eight feet tall?" And he's like, "He's seven five. And I was like like if you're that tall, you have to be a, a just dominant like, yeah Franken-
1: frankenstein go take a seat memphis is gonna beat you so
0: <laughs> shoot or gavin actually had to hit a ball off his fat foot like <laughs> like and that was during the big 10 tournament so um no i don't disagree with that I, so i've got arizona because i think they're playing really good basketball and i just i don't like connor you see me shit about this all the time about making hedges i've pr- I prided myself on making like the picks that i think are real and are going to win this is the first time I'm openly admitting I'm making a hedge here. Like I, I, I just, I there's I've lived I've watched Bama play sports my whole life, and the thought of them making a Final Four is just so fucking bizarre to me but, that I can't.
1: But think of this team. What we've seen from this team—they night in and night out—they have been the better team, like every game. Even in a couple, yeah. of, the few like here's the thing, Marler. Their their few losses were what all on the road in hostile environments. Yeah. Now you're going to be playing in neutral courts. So to me, like, I don't know. The only way Bama loses is if they beat themselves or if somebody goes off and like goes 13 for 20 from three, you know, something like that. Um, But Brandon Miller, I mean, he's been so good. Javon Quinterly, uh, Clowney. I mean, they're just, they're the complete team. And if they've been able to play through this adversity the last few weeks, with all the Brandon Miller drama and all that, like, I don't see what problem they're going to have in the tournament.
0: I, I will say, I think that, um, somebody says, Jay's Jay, I don't I, like, you need to come back every episode, like every episode. You've been fantastic. I appreciate it. And we appreciate all the, all the audience and stuff like that each every week, obviously. Um, but no, I, I do think I just like, like uh, JQ coming up like so big. And I know he played bad against, against in the, uh, the semifinals. Um, against Mizzou or whatever. But I tell you what, the game against Mizzou in the SEC tournament where they did not have it going from three, they were 2-15 of 15 in the first half. I think, you know, like you get into foul trouble. Um, I tell you what concerns me because because officiating in basketball especially is so bad. And I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and start making excuses about the officials already. I'm, I'm, I, I, but like... Hey, hate but you know it. They, they, I'm not saying that. But I mean, it's all the calls. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I just like... You just see him take over games and make it like. If think about Auburn's run in the Final Four, like we don't know what could have happened then. Like they probably should have beat the eventual
1: national champion. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, but you you just talk about in the SEC championship or in the SEC uh, tournament, Marlowe. They won every game by double digits. Like it wasn't yeah. even. It wasn't even close. As long the, as the
0: Mizzou game, especially man, like that that was more impressive. I think than arguably any win they've had
1: all year. Yeah, to me, if, if Brandon Miller shows up. They're not going to lose a game. And there's a chance he may not show up because he may have to run a gun to somebody else. So we don't know if he has to run an errand, but as long as he shows up, they will not lose a game.
0: All right. There it is. Um, All right. All right. I'll tell you my final four real quick. I've got Arizona. You're a dickhead. Uh, Arizona. Then I've got Duke. Um, As much as I hate that. I've got, I think, Texas, I believe, is in one of mine. I'm trying to think. And now I'm confused because of the way this thing's set up. Oh, and then I have Kansas. Um, so kind of chalky, but also not super chalky. How, how many one seeds? One, one one seed, Kansas. Two two seeds and, and a five seed in Duke. I've got Arizona beating Kansas in the national championship. I didn't know this. You know Kansas would only be the third team in the last 50 years that would be back-to-back champs in college basketball? That's how and hard that, it is,
1: and that's why I think they're going to lose in, in one of the early rounds. I and hope Bill's, they do. I hate Kansas. Bill Self's having heart attacks. I mean, come on, like I, I can't, ro- I can't roll with Kansas. Yeah. And by the way, are you are you doing the one bracket or are you multiple bracket guy? I'm a multiple bracket guy. I, like here, here's the thing, like you're, not, I don't portion control
0: for me with food is not a real thing. I told you about my thought on drugs. This is like this is this is like like any time I've ever taken edibles. People are like, dude, you don't eat the whole thing. I'm like, bro, look at me. You know I don't have portion control when it comes to real food. You can't put drugs in it expecting it to be good. Same goes for college basketball brackets. I'm going to – fuck it, man. I'll, I'll fill out 18 of them if I have to. I don't care.
1: Oh Well, that's fine, but you don't get to brag. Like tomorrow at the bar, you don't get to be the guy to go, oh, I had that one. I had that one. Right. Like, no, you I don't, and, and
0: I won't. I won't. You
1: had that one in in one of your 18 brackets. But here's happen.
0: the thing, and I'll say this in football too. You know me well enough, and you know my my – just desperate need for attention everyone in here does because they listen to the podcast (laughs) or follow me on social media if i pick something and it's correct i'm not saying here but i've been definitive about it give me my fucking credit because that is that's all i want in this life and maybe a corgi i don't know anyway um gordy tell everyone where they can find you you've been tremendous dude i appreciate the the time and the and and all that good stuff man tell them about the locked on sec podcast you can even tell them to make it their first listen like you do on your on your show i don't i don't care
1: it's part of our company protocol, but yeah, uh, yeah. no locked on. Oh, your podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation with Marler, then check out my pod where we have a conversation with Marler about the same stuff. <laughs> so it was really good.
0: All right, man. I appreciate it. Um, thank you everyone that uh, tuned in. Um, well, we're, like I said, we're going to go back to two of these a week. We're going to start doing these. Um, we were going to record them live Monday and Wednesday. It means they'll come out live uh, they'll come out on all uh, streaming platforms on Tuesday and Thursday. We're going to continue that. Just that's just how it's going to be for now. on. so,
1: Tyler going to be back soon.
0: Tyler. Well, yeah. So he's, he's just, um, it's just a busy time of year for him. And so he's got like stuff like he'll be here like every Monday. We might have a rotating um, guest host on some of them. Like I'll probably, I mean, you, you know, you might, you'll be back. I'll just tell you right now. You'll be back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you're like my cigarette, so I can't quit you anyway. So uh, I, I think, I think that this will be a lot of fun. This weekend should be a lot of fun. I hope everyone gable responsibly. Tell us about your wins. And listen, Call the hotline. We'll throw up the number again on, on Twitter. Um, if, you, if you took a tough beat, uh, if you had all your money and your, your bracket got busted day one, call the hotline. Tell us all about it. Love you guys. We'll see you soon.